from the top. The Almighty streaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, same time, same thing, lime and more. Yeah, she make a craze with her body shape. Yeah, yeah, give me good soup on a Sunday. Follow for you on the first day. And we are live, back again with episode three, season two. Let's go. What we telling them, G? Let's go. Perfect. What we telling them. Another day in quarantine. That's what we telling them. Yo, Corona has ruined 2020 and. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. This has been the most dramatic beginning to a decade in all of like <laughs> since probably God knows when. I don't know. Since man. the millennium or whatever. I feel like Y2K was a pretty big deal for like those older guys. The the computer. Which one? Y2K. What was that? It's when they thought that all the uh, the the AI was going to take over basically because computers were programmed to go to 1999. Oh. So they thought in 2000, I see. Like everything was gonna go to shit, st- to shoot. Sorry, we're not cussing. Well, did you watch the movie 2012? When it says the Mayans had predicted that in 2012, there was that would be the end of the world. But that's because of the Mayan calendar. It only stops at 2012. But I'm saying though, some you know these conspiracy theories. Some people were convinced that in 2012 it was gonna be a wrap. I remember that. I remember that. So and that didn't happen. So that that's another thing to take note of. So if we can get through 2012, I'm sure we can get through Corona. <laughs> yeah, man. But hey, just please stay safe out there, people. Of course. Um, I've been so hey, excited. Hey, 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 guys! Before we even get, we gotta give a special birthday shout out. Ah, uh, 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 it was that boy Anzo's birthday uh, yesterday. So big happy birthday to Anzo you, right here. You, you know. Thank you. What do you have to say now that uh, you're in your Kobe year? In my Kobe year, man. I did a lot of reflecting yesterday. I went on a walk. Oh wow! I take walks now. I'm 24. Oh, so. we taking walks now. <laughs> nah, I took a long walk and. I just reflected, man, and like the 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 thing that I kind of like took from my reflections were like everything else is secondary. The only thing that matters is people, Fact. and so just building relationships around you and and just people are the only thing that matters. So that's that's what I took away. That's what's um, up. That's what's up. You know the wisdom's kicking in. But yeah, man, I, I've been so excited for this episode. I think <laughs> Please. since we like hit up. He really has been. Guys. Our honored guest. Yes, we are. We're because very this man is, you know, you hear good music and you just, you know, it's good. Of course. You know, like a lot of people out there, they play what's hype and what's popular music. Popular, you know, yeah. but yeah. man, I don't even know what to say enough about this guy, but DJ Nero, everybody, let's hear from him. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you for taking that drive too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he took a drive. I, I truly have to say, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and um, I think this will shock you guys, but this is actually my very first podcast wow. ever. Wow, we're honored, we're honored. So, so for me, this is special, yes. and also, uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, thank you for coming. It's thank been you. a long time coming. Yes. Um, but we appreciate the constant support that you've always given us and 
Yeah, it's Thank time you. for it's time Thank for you. everyone to know about Nairam now. <laughs> if you don't already, if you don't know already, if even you don't know, Seattle, you're sleeping. If you don't, even in Seattle, you, you already know by now. <laughs> the world needs to know. Yes. So tell I'm, us, man. I'm like, on it. I'm on it. Yes. So um, I'm Nairam, mm-hmm. and Nairam is actually my middle name, mm. which basically means I want the blessings. Okay. So in um, I'm from Ghana, grew up in Accra. And uh, my tribe is actually um, from the Volta region. Okay. And um, I think you had a couple of people, or I think someone, one of your friends is actually from an Ewe. I think he speaks Ewe. And, yeah. Um, I think Jeremy speaks a little bit. Yeah. A little yeah. bit, yeah. I heard in the accents last time. Mm. Like, oh, this guy, this guy <laughs> sounds surprised. like it. I thought, I thought you heard like Oxford English. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was, he was pretty articulate with, it, with, with, with the English, but then th- there is one thing about that Volta uh-huh. tone. You can never hide it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I heard it. And uh, yeah, yeah. And um, I was born and raised in Accra, mm-hmm. Ghana. Lived in Accra, Medina to be precise, all my life. But uh, I did my own search in terms of background being from the Volta region because my parents didn't really take us back home regularly. Okay. It wasn't a thing. But yeah, I did my own research. I used to go back home and uh, just mingle with the people, lived in the villages, mm. learned the tribe, spoke the language. And uh, yeah, even though now now living in the States, I've, yo, I'm really missing out on language right now. Of course. So. It's crazy how it evolves. It does. You go does. away for like five years it's, and there's slang terms you haven't heard. There's slang know? terms and your vocabulary slowly starts to decrease yeah. as time goes on. And, and it's crazy because um, I remember when I was back in Ghana, the whole dream for me was to leave Ghana. Mm-hmm. Right? And the way I dressed... I was more of um, a seen-on-TV guy. Okay. I used to watch how Americans dress and everything. I wanted to be like big, you know, Biggie or yeah. Jay-Z, someone. <laughs> yeah. So the way I talked even back home, mm-hmm. I think I started losing my touch mm-hmm. for uh-huh. the language early back home. Uh-huh. And in our household, we didn't really speak a lot of ever. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a language. We didn't really speak it because Akan or the tree mm-hmm. is mostly the most popular language like mm. across Ghana. Mm. And so we picked up on the easiest one, spoke a lot of that. But when you meet your parents, they don't want to hear none of that. Of yeah, okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been a journey with this too. <laughs> so sense. growing up in Accra, what would you say, uh, besides obviously like the American influence, because I, I feel like Ghana is one of the most artistic places in West Africa. You think of things like, you know, Kente cloth and, and just and, 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 and you know it's been very popular recently the Ghana tribal symbols people are getting tattoos of that I've seen that a yeah, lot lately yeah. too mm-hmm. yeah know? they didn't cross symbols and all that yeah, yes. and, yeah and just the whole culture is so like vibrant right exactly um how would you say that shaped you to become like the the person that you are today so for me I think one of the things I learned growing up in Accra is perseverance mm. and being that is um I was blessed to live in what is termed as the capital city of Ghana. Mm-hmm. So you'll see people from all walks of life coming down to Accra just to make it. Mm-hmm. So we had a blend of people from the north, people from the east, people from the west, the Ashanti region, everybody, you know, coming down just to make it, mm-hmm. just to survive because, you know, that was where everything was happening at. That was where you will go to see 
um, the next big person to, okay. to say. So for, for so many of us who, who lived in the city, we saw the, you know, the hunger uh. in people leaving their homes from the northern region and all that, coming down just to look for that thing that we were blessed to be living around, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, so when we saw the next guy from Kumasi, he comes to town being a shoeshine boy, mm-hmm. you know, a cobbler. But we, we call them shoe shoe yes, shoemakers. Yes. You know, you know, in their first yeah. month they, they start they, 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 they buy a bicycle. In the second month, you know, mm-hmm. something is happening. By the end of the year you see them traveling with a whole lot of stuff and you are like, Wait a minute, wow. Yeah. This guy is treating Accra like his Exactly. Exactly. So so then for some of us we we paid attention to the work ethics and whatever they had and try to apply it to our daily lives. And mm. for me, I would say it really shaped me a lot because I was blessed to think I had something in my family. Mm. But then when I saw the less fortunate people mm-hmm. coming in and grabbing a hold of all this stuff, it, it really, it really opened my eyes awesome. and shaped the way, you know, I approach life and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and also like my, I guess this is the question I've been waiting to like, especially in Ghana, music the influence of music um can you at least give us a historical lesson of separate nigerian music one away from Ghanaian music and tell us what your musical influences were like going going up so for me i think this, this whole idea of ghana and nigeria music <laughs> it, it will never stop right and, and and i think a lot of people have tried several times to narrow it down how or what the distinctive uh, point out, but I will say one thing when I was in Ghana, some of the most popular music that I used to listen to were from Mali, mm. were from mm. Togo. See? Okay, yeah. so, um, being that our parents already had access to the music that was in Ghana, mm. so they were drawn, there was a lot of traveling too. If, if you know, if you know, there, there, there used to be a lot of parents traveling to Lebanon, Liberia mm. for trade. You know, it was so easy to go back and forth. Mm. So the music that um, my my parents used to bring home were um, songs from Yusuf Ndor and Salif oh. Keita. Yes. Yep. These are, yeah. So so these and songs. Habib Coyote in them. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and then a little bit of then and more of country music as well. And mm. uh, Kenny Rogers was like. Now my my mom used to listen to, to a lot of Kenny Rogers. Yeah, so lot. so that was a big where, part. Where was Kenny Rogers from? He he's he's the American. US, he's a, oh, yeah. Country singer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, big country guy. But okay. then drawing the line from what we heard, our influence was not really on the Nigerian music mm-hmm. in my household per mm-hmm. se. But what we actually paid attention was um live band. Mm-hmm. The live band instrumentation or or drumming which has been one of the shared differences between the Nigerian music and Ghanaian music, you know. Mm. Um, the Ghanaian music has a backbone of talking drums and stuff like that. Yeah. And just like Nigerian music as well, because my first introduction to Nigerian music was not even Felakuti. Mm. Oh. Yes, which is which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So my, my first, Kinsoniade. Okay, okay, okay. And the reason being that was because there was a Nigerian neighbor that we had, and he would play 
this music all the time. I didn't know what it was at that time. Mm -hmm. I never knew what it was. Mm -hmm. But when they had large gatherings, there will be a guy on the microphone pretending to sing whatever was sung at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was all joyful music, just good vibes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was until my curiosity led me to find one of the tape inlets. You know how the cassette tapes back then, yeah. it had a paper in it with yeah. all that. Mm -hmm. So I found out, I'm like, who? Kin. It just had a Kin and that was it. And I didn't know Fela Kuti at that time. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was only Kin Sonia Day and I think some of the music that was distinct also was like Juju music. Oh, and Juju okay. music. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. that was the only thing I learned. But I think I started gravitating towards Fela Kuti um, I think what around 2002 ish because mm. internet became available, yeah. music became more easily music accessible, became, exactly. Yep. And so, let me just say Ghana music and Nigerian music they have they, they, they're like brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, and everybody wants to claim I'm the senior brother because I'm taller than you yeah. or I'm the senior brother because yeah. I whooped you last time. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And so I cannot put them into that bracket of I this see. is better. But you see, yeah. like, for me especially, uh, uh, something that a lot of people don't realize is how Ghanaian music set the stage for the Afrobeat, for, for the world stage for Nigerian music to become so what it is. Right? It was the catalyst. Because Fuse ODG and them... Um, when when they were doing the YouTube videos like exactly when that popped off in London yeah that is what now yeah I mean it laid will... the back the, the foundation for Afrobeats as a whole to even I would make say it that would be definitely stage. the trigger point for the explosion for right yeah I agree with you on that but then you, when you take it back you should understand that whatever is happening now has already happened before. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Back then, there used to be Nigerian artists and Ghanaian artists touring, you know, the world. They mm -hmm. toured a lot and they will all meet at places like in France and they will, you know, they will have the, um, the opportunity to share the same stage. And mind you, when they were touring, people, you know, artists will meet Mm -hmm. At the backstage, they you know they will see the common instruments they both shared, mm -hmm. and they will vibe off each other. Mm -hmm. And this one picks a little bit of that. This one picks a little bit of this. Right. And so they did this for so long. And the reason I found out about that was because we had cassette tapes that we would listen to that should have like Ghanaian music on it, but then it it, it keeps going into Nigerian music. Mm. And the similarities were just so close. Nigerians will sing about their friend in Ghana. Yeah. And then, you know, the high life music and Afro yeah. B, whatever, they yeah. will mention, and I met a friend, blah, blah, blah. You know, they will sing From about Ghana. that friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They'll sing about that friend in Ghana yeah. in their high life song. Yeah. And then Nigerians, oh, sorry, Ghanaians will also have that same vibe mm. and sing about them. And mind you, just a, a brief history about this soul music thing. There were there was a lot of Ghanaian presence in Nigeria, and Nigerians had to kick Ghanaians out. Ghana must go. go. Yeah. So, okay, okay. So you should know that music yes. was shared among both countries, you know, seamlessly. But, so I, I mean, music has been shared like historically from for such a long well, time. Well, and it all comes down to the play that there's no real 
But I mean, if you think even back to like, like uh, Roomba music, right? Exactly. It's like, how can Cuban people make such a similar sounding, you know, music to Congolese people? True. You know, and then you go over to like Congo to Kenya and that music just crosses borders. And although you can kind of try and trace it back to one point, it's like, Everything is the so... And then we go to Colombia and you hear yeah, exactly. Cumbia. Exactly. And the backbone of Cumbia is African drums. Exactly. African drums. <laughs> their own music. You know, and the only thing like... European about it is the accordion. And right. that's it. So, so every, everything is so intertwined at this point. I it is. Like, kind of putting a name on it. Although it has... It does bring some sense of belonging. It it's, does. Um, it's also a little bit... Oh, what's the word, but... <laughs> You get what I mean? Like I, I know. I, I can see your hand move, so I know. I, I, I get what you mean. He's, doing the, He's <laughs> doing the African thing, guys. He's doing the African thing. He's doing the African hand thing, moving the hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah. Yeah. but it was a good point you raised on Fuso DG and yeah. the whole Afrobeats. But then again, for me, I've been paying attention to African music. Mm. Before it was Afrobeats. Uh, and, uh-huh. and and so I've been paying attention to African music. And one of the songs that really, like, crossover song was from a Nigerian movie. And it was um, A Shout. Right? Oh. And, and, um, and this song, before A Shout was A Shout, uh. people forget this all the time. The original song is uh. actually from a Spanish singer. Oh, I did not know that. Nah, I've heard an Ethiopian version of it. Exactly. Yeah. The, that, that's another one. So yeah. that song comes from a very old background. Uh. And then it builds into that Ethiopian vibe. And then in the Nigerian movie, it was just something else. Mm. And then the production went from Flavor Nabanya to collaborating Assem from Ghana on the remix. I see. So there is, there is a whole lot of history behind the music we are listening today and the names given to it. Mm. You know, but the Afrobeats with Fuse ODG tops it all. Yeah, because it, 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 it's now like on the global scale. Exactly. We take it on the global level, I agree. Yeah, in this age of like the internet and how easy it is to find music, you don't have to go to the record store. You know, you just exactly. you click Spotify and it pops up. True. And YouTube is responsible for that too Ooh. because... I mean, that that time, the Fuse ODG, it was through YouTube, the whole yeah. challenge that Ooh. Zonto said. When yeah. you were dancing on the train. So social and, media, and the we had the mask on. The mask on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, like, I think a lot of people need to realize, like, although, yes, Nigerian music might be the biggest thing right now. Yeah. The it's, a, it's, a, it's a product of mm-hmm. it's you know it, the community around it. It's music all over the globe, and even if you talk to, I was watching like an interview of like fella, mm-hmm. and they were asking him about like, oh, who's your favorite? Uh, it was like nineteen eighty eight. Who was your favorite African artist? And they were like, Yusunur, is it Baba yeah. Ma? Yeah. It's like all of them. Yeah. It's like all of them. We're yeah. all part of one, you know. Yeah. So it, you can't say one person is responsible for this sound. Right. Inspiration comes from all of them. And That's one of the things Fela said that really stuck with me was, as much as we celebrate him now, mm. he celebrated other people. Yeah. Yes. And he said once that without Tony Allen, his drama, right. there wouldn't be no Afrobeat. So we have this sense of entitlement so much that we want to say this belongs it's to us. us. Yeah. It's <laughs> you know, it's, come on, think about it. Who's yeah. the biggest hip-hop artist in America right now? Probably Drake. Okay, he's not it's American. Drake. Yeah. And yeah. he's not American. Yeah, yeah. he's Canadian. <laughs> you exactly. know? Yeah. So exactly. we, we need to shape 
our mind on the geographical aspect of the sound. Yes. And let it be known that this is ours. It's not Nigerian. It's not it's African. It's, you understand? So I think just overall in art, um, it's about appreciation. Exactly. Right? Because everyone has a different story. True. And you combine a bunch of different stories together. You put out one great thing that maybe might come around once in a generation. True. Whether that's like, I don't know, the Van Gogh of music, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you may call it. But, um, Everyone's truths kind of just build to like this this really cool like concept, you know. No, I agree. I agree totally. Um, and, and just to lead off too. So again, I guess Nairam, um, you, you give us kind of a big brief like you know the different influences that you had, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, like, how did you start translating that passion towards generating, you know, creating music and you know basically supplying us or you know giving us the privilege to hear different sorts of yeah. music you know yeah see I, tell us the process how did that the happen? process has been it has been interesting yeah. i would say and uh for me i never thought i was ever gonna be a dj mm-hmm. but um i would listen to the radio back then and i would hear the dj mix and because i knew the song coming mm. i could tell a friend hey there's a song coming let's yeah. bet <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, how do you know? You're not in the radio station. How yeah. do you know? Yeah. But then I, I almost paid attention to melodies and beats more than lyrics mm. in the beginning. So when the DJ is mixing, I could tell where the music is coming from or what is going to be blending in first. So I never thought I was going to be a DJ. And fast forward, after that, bets and all the stuff, I took it upon me to start collecting music. So I collected a lot of music and it was cassette tapes and CDs mm-hmm. and stuff. And I went about buying the stuff in the market. Like I said, mm-hmm. I lived in the city. So go to the towns or markets, buy the CDs, bootleg, whatever, go mm-hmm. home, sell it to my colleagues because they couldn't go to town. They couldn't mm-hmm. go to the market. I see. And I would sell that. And so I was doing that for a while. And one time we went to a friend's birthday party. Parents, everybody was there. But I had a stash of CDs with me because, come on, I have CDs. Yeah, I want to yeah, play them. To go. Yeah. You know, and, and there, is this tradi- yeah, there is this tradition that in Ghana, I don't know about other African countries, but in Ghana, even if you have a birthday party, we will have to start with a gospel music mm-hmm. and then pray, gospel, pray, do all the stuff. And, and then later on, it turns into a party. Yeah. So the vibe was always like that. I always had CDs in my pocket just to be ready to get a shine because I have the music, yeah. you know? And I think one of the biggest cassettes I had that time was uh, from, I actually stole that cassette from my auntie who was visiting from Togo. Uh-huh. She brought the, um, uh, what's the name of? Magic System. Oh, oh Premier Gao. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But what Premier Gao on that cassette was not really the big thing. Mm. There was a song called Amulanga. And the way they sang the song and everything, it, it, it stuck to me. So when I played that, I got that sense of feel like, oh, everybody knows who brought that cassette. I yeah, see. yes. So I, I loved that rush. The plug. I loved it. You know, I was like, oh man, I can keep doing this. Yep. Yeah. So I said to myself, I wanted to be a DJ then. But my parents. Mm-hmm. They never like the idea of you walking to them saying you want to be a DJ. Yeah, typical. Exactly. Exactly. So fast forward 2010, I was sitting in a marketing class Uh back in Ghana. And then I had a friend 
who called me and said, hey, you know, this, this, that, he went to America. I'm like, wait, how did he go to America? Mm. So then I found out how he did, got all the connects, woke up one day, God, would, I got a visa. Don't, I didn't close the border. I got a visa. <laughs> Look, I was like, good thing you said it, because you know, I got a visa. In my mind, I was like, oh, wait. No, no, I, I just, I'm just trying to fast forward. No, 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 thank you, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so I ended up here, and one thing that I always remembered was, this is a, a land of great opportunities, yep. right? Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, I ended up in Nebraska. I was working really? the farm. Omaha? Yes. No, actually, in a, in a very small town called mm-hmm. Dwight. Oh, okay. It had about 100 people. Wow. Really? Yeah, it had uh, a post office, a church, and uh, there was no police. It was just a oh, dairy right. farm. Oh. So yeah. you, you were working on the farm? Yes. I was a cowboy. Wow. Were you milking them? I was milking cows. I milked the cow once. It's not as like... Yeah, but you know, it's, it's America. They had machines and all yeah. that. Industrialized. Exactly. Yes. But yeah. then again, this is a guy who always wanted to be in America mm. and ends up on a farm. On a farm in America. That's so the shock, journey. Exactly. And then yeah. when I left Nebraska, I ended up in Maryland. And that's when I bought my first equipment. Oh. Wait, what Maryland, equipment did you buy? Uh, <laughs> it was a controller, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a, a Hercules whatever virtual djs something. yeah i couldn't okay. figure it out there was no tutorial on youtube at that time to show you That's how true. to plug it up there was nothing so i stuck to downloading music and putting on on a computer and play from itunes youtube vlc windows media player VLC. you know i used to navigate through all that yeah and i met a lot of other africans who were also, what part of Maryland were you in? Silver Spring. Okay, oh, of course. So that's big. That's, that's a big. lot of Africans in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then I got to, I got to get music from Cameroon. I get uh-huh. to get music from Sierra Leone. Yes, there, Liberia. There's a big Camer- uh, Cameroonian community exactly. in Silver Springs, right? Sierra Leone. Oh yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then um, the practice began. I I took a trip to Washington, and the African community was not really a thing. Mm-hmm. Washington State. Yeah. Here? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it wasn't a thing. And then it's, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should I should stay here. Mm-hmm. I only had a friend who lived here. Mm. Patch with him. Life started. Started going to Guitar Center. Practicing mm. at Guitar Center. Mm. I, wanted it, I wanted it so bad because I used to see other female DJs. Mm. I don't want to say female DJs. G- girl DJs. Yeah. And, and they actually got me into trying to actually want to be a DJ DJ because... I, I don't want to name drop, you know, name drop them right now. But yeah, so I got I got this whole vibe from watching lady DJs do their thing more in in, in, uh, in Maryland. And I started messaging them. I'm like, how do I go about this? How do mm-hmm. I get on the software that you're using? Yeah. And, and one lady, DJ Kua, she said, just download Serato. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is well, that? And everything changed from there. Huh? Bro. I got Serato was Scratch Live at that time, the old version. Uh, I had I started putting music on it, uh, and then I'm like, wait a minute, this is magic. Yeah, this is magic. You see, I have no idea what he's talking about. But exactly. <laughs> Serato is a is a is a software, a DJ software. Okay, okay. Um, it's like allows you to mix and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's a lot easier to mix on than like other platforms because it's the music just makes sense. Exactly. You know, and the waves make sense, but um. Real quick, going back to, to, to the DMV, what what years were you there? I was around 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. I was going back and forth. So I was there for a solid a year and a half. 
So that's when like Wale was popping up. Oh right? yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and go go music. music yeah. Well, I didn't know what go go music was, yeah. but then I worked in Washington D.C. Um, so taking the bus home and watching the way people, you know, the dynamics of people in the bus and stuff like that with headphones on all the time, I was curious. I'm like, okay, what are people listening to? Okay. And my friends who were, you know, living in Maryland longer, longer, longer before I moved there started introducing me to Google Music or let's say the DC party scene. Mm. And it was different. Yeah, it's very different, like compared to, to Seattle. Exactly, yeah. way different. Yeah. <laughs> like, way and different I, and to I Seattle, think they sure, took me sure. out to the college parties and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. And we'll go to a party That's that nice. had three floors yeah that's nice and that's the nice. bottom of the basement nice. that's was nice strictly r&b mm. oh slow jumps and okay. stuff like that yeah I'm like, i love this yeah so my music taste changed with time every time i you know every person i tapped into and got to know my music taste began to change mm. and i started narrowing down and i'm like there's only one thing that really resonates well with me and it's good music mm. And I would not say Afrobeats or whatever, but it's just good music. It's good, you, you, yeah. you know, yeah. which is which is why it is so important for me to keep spreading that. You know, I find that it's 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 very refreshing to find someone who plays like music like there's no borders. Um, I think the first time I heard of you was in like I want to say twenty seventeen. Right? Were you in Seattle then? Yeah, okay. I was. Were you Were you playing our Red Lounge yet? Yeah. Okay, so before I turned twenty one, I, I <laughs> you see guys, I, you know, you know, Red Lounge is you know a little, but I I knew uh, Gino. Yeah. Uh, and them and and my brother would 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 roll with like uh, Lex and them and so I got into Red Lounge one night when I was twenty and I remember you were playing. I don't remember what song exactly but then you dropped like a ugandan song or yeah something. i was like hold up who yeah, is this, who you, is right? this guy like, like, <laughs> playing ugandan music i was like wait a minute um and then i i think i asked gino or i asked someone and they're like oh yeah that's Nerum. and then i found your uh i would say mix club yeah i was gonna say i used to be really heavy on mixes mix club, i used yeah. to be very heavy and uh Good that you mentioned Red Lounge, but before Red Lounge, um, I was uh, I was blessed to meet DJ Mixtical, who's mm. from Nigeria, mm. and um, that was in 2014, and we started bouncing ideas on how we can grow an Afrobeats, you know, scene in Seattle. In Seattle. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me, "Oh man, the clubs here." They, you know, it's only for white people. Mm. They will not let us do Afrobeats. And we'll be so pissed. You know, we'll be so pissed because we wanted to share this whole mm -hmm. whiskey, this whole debunch. <laughs> we were so eager to share it because, mind you, I will go to other venues that were doing Afro-Caribbean vibes. Yes, right. But yeah. the music they were playing was mainly music they've heard from other africans right so the brenda farsi song mm -hmm. the Vuli, that, yeah, that was yeah, big everybody yeah, was yeah, playing of it course. you know the the premier gao everybody yes. was playing it but kind then, of like the standout song exactly yeah. kenyan music people were playing it and mr Cullen and i said 
nobody's playing South African music. Mm. Nobody's playing Ugandan music. Slept nobody's on. playing this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's playing that. And so we started bouncing ideas on where to start and where to go. And luckily, we had a residency. Have you been to stage? Yeah. yeah. You oh, yeah. see the back room? Yeah, yeah. The, the okay, the one? small room. Yeah. We used to do Afrobeats at stage from 2015. Oh, okay. And nobody would be there. Yeah, just rocking. Just all, just me and Mystical. We'll just be there. The hip hop club will be bouncing, and people will come check us out. Like, mm, okay, yeah, that's African. Cool. Yeah. But so, how is the dynamic of that? Would you pay stage to rent out the space, or? So we we didn't. We pro- I think um, Ojo Legba ah. was a big deal that time, and Skepta jumped on it. Yeah. And Drake jumped Drake, on it. Yeah, yeah. And so the owner of the venue, they thought it was cool that a, an African music that has Drake on it. Mm-hmm. So people will, you know, try to draw to it. So they always use that as an example and told us, hey, you know, we'll do this and we'll give you the back room. You can give free tickets to ladies. And mm. we didn't talk about payment or anything because we didn't want to get paid. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to play music, play music. in mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, we'll do that. And we we did that for so many months and never got paid. Mm. We were paying money, you know, for parking. Just the idea of trying to get people to listen to Afrobeats. That was our goal. Yeah. So we did it with no pay. It was cool. Until one day, there was a birthday celebration in there. And trust me. Yeah. It was packed. Yeah. In that room. In In that room. Okay. And so the owner saw the room was packed in the mm. main hip-hop room. And they shut us down. Oh, really? no. Yeah, they said the bartender, blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? no. Yeah. That's, that's, hey. yeah. Yeah. That so then, nice. then I looked at Mystical and I said, bro, we've been doing this for so long. Mm. And we're not getting paid. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Mm. And that was when Red Lounge happened. Now... Was that when Red Lounge was still Wade's or was it? No. It was it, Red it, Lounge. Yeah, right? yeah. It started okay. being Red Lounge. Because when Red Lounge was Wade's, there was African Sensation by Maury going on. And like I said, African music. Mm-hmm. And we were just like the guys that wanted to break down everything into Nigerian music, Uganda, Senegalese music, South African music with no borders, basically. Mm-hmm. And we started that from stage and Red Lounge happened. Okay. Yeah. Have you noticed? Did you hear Drake's comment? What on, about what? Um, what did he said something about he he feels like he is partly responsible or responsible for Afrobeats. He's trying to take credit for Afrobeats. Not not Afrobeats, but Afrobeats being on a on the mainstream. In the mainstream. I think it's partially true. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. It is true. Think about the one dance with Wizkid. Yeah. Um, and when Drake started collaborating with Wizkid, the notice the you know. I agree that Afrobeats for sure. It gave I mean, when we talk about pressure. mainstream, do not forget, we are not talking about that people did not hear it. That's people true. heard it. People yeah. heard it. But we are talking about an American-owned radio station, mm-hmm. an American-owned platform Clubs. Mm-hmm. that was playing a song yeah. with Wizkid on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a big deal for that. But then again, Wizkid was already being played. Yeah, he was a star. He can't take the credit for it. But <laughs> yeah. partially, he has is partially true yeah. that he has contributed towards you know. Yeah, because I remember in 2011, Don Doll had just come out, mm. and in ATL they were playing Don Doll. Oh yeah. yeah. Now that's another thing though. I think 
where you are has a lot to do with exactly the, the music you listen. Based to. on your city, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, uh, you know, cities that. And in like, Seattle, you're never gonna hear. <laughs> this place. Not, it's crazy, man. Like, to, for me to see how far like music has grown, especially African music. Mm -hmm. I remember 2017 or 20 about yeah 2018 I think. I was in Vancouver at a Chipotle and I heard Burner Boy. Mm -hmm. You know, we were at, at Starbucks, remember? And yeah, they were playing yeah, whiskey. They were playing whiskey, yeah. 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 Uh -huh. And like the fact that it's even grown so far to me is so crazy. We were at, uh, what's that place in Belltown? Belltown is just like the, would you call it like upper class of Seattle where mm. they go to party? Yeah, the it used older to, crowd, anyways. It used to be, but now it's like they shot on so many spots yeah. over there. It's so. not yeah. all the shootings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at, at, uh, at Amber, places you don't expect, basically. Exactly. At Amber. Yeah. We heard it at Amber. Amber. Um, you know, yeah. Dume B was playing at Amber, and then. Yeah, and then, that's a that's a story too. Exactly, and like it's back when forget. when Rhino Room is another spot we used to go to, but they they were playing uh, like a Wizkid song. I was like, there's white people everywhere. And they're listening to African music. They're right dancing now. to it too. Dancing to it. Yeah, yeah. and oh, I think one cool. of the things I actually take pride in is um, the most of the hip hop DJs that I met and networked with in Seattle. Whenever someone was in town and they wanted to listen to Afrobeat, they would tell them go to Nairam. Mm. Yeah. And so I was getting people from you know out of town hitting me up and like, hey, what's happening tonight? Blah blah blah. And I didn't have a residency or venue at that time when they were. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Yeah. So then I started reaching out to these some of these DJs and I'm like, hey, if you ever want to play Afrobeat, I'll mm -hmm. show you what's hot. Mm -hmm. Add it to your playlist in case you have out of towners who are requesting it. Mm. You can play it. Because okay. mind you, it was not about me. Mm. It was about getting the city to hear the music. Oh, gotcha. So and I was just spreading the music spreading to whoever mm. that I came in contact with. You know, I will make folders for DJs and just give it out free. And I, think, I think that's so important because I feel like f some people have a tendency to want to own something completely. You know, Art like, is not competition. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> True. And, yeah, and people bring that famine mentality into art. Exactly. And it's like, that's not what it's about. Of course. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it can't be like that. Um, and I mean, to see like now, like, bro, you, you want an Afrobeats DJ, you can get one like that. Oh, it's true. Back then, we would have to go to like, like specific parties, you know? Which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. To me, it is, it is really beautiful to see how it has grown. And I love to see, which I think not only do I love, but I love to hear other DJs' perspective on what they deem to be Afrobeat, mm -hmm. you know. And um, when Redman, who's the co-owner of Red Lounge, yeah. put me on board to join them to curate Afrobeats Fridays, one mm -hmm. of the things that I said was, I love this music so much, right? Mm -hmm. But I do not want to be the gatekeeper of the music. Right. right. So right. I always wanted to book more DJs. Right. I was in charge of booking people. So I would book DJs who were not even ready to mm -hmm. face a crowd. Mm -hmm. And they'll be on stage trying to play music. And one thing that I realized was everybody was, most people were coming in with their top 100, top 10, top 20, <laughs> you know, <laughs> songs like that. Standard, and, yeah, standard. You know, and it's the idea of, oh, I'm going to kill it. Once I burn this DJ, I can be, you know, stuff like that. But my, my take all that time was, 
I want to see what your perspective on the music is. Are you researching your music? How do you understand the music? Yeah. Mm. Or are you playing it because it's cool? You understand? And yeah. a, a lot of people want to I play because it's cool. I hope you guys are listening. I hope you guys are listening. This guy is dropping bombs here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you always have to research the music you're playing. Uh, you know, I, I've been in, an, you know, in a position where I was playing a, an event that I was not booked to play. Mm. I was available. Mm. And... I'm like, okay, cool, let me play this. Because I did not know the background of the music I was playing, it was actually a dirge. It was it was music to be played at the funeral. Oh. You know, and I was playing it. So, mm. it's you know, I've been in that position where I see. researching on music is very, very important. Of course. Mm. Research your music. No, that's, that's a good point. Exactly. Man. No, I mean, for sure. And, and are you saying basically... I guess too, like a lot of the times DJs playing music, trying to be safe or, you know, just mm -hmm. playing like the mainstream stuff, yep. you know, eventually you have to really study your craft and deep, deep in, go deep into it. Mm. And, you know, and if it's not yours, you'll feel it. You will now, you, if, if it's not something that's part of you, it will hit you. Trust me. Mm -hmm. If you trying to be something else, it will, it will, the music will hit you because mm. it will not be fun to play anymore. Mm. Gotcha. And you want to play what actually makes you happy mm. it's a vibe that you radiate to the crowd so if you are not happy how do you expect people to vibe you know mm -hmm. so if you research your music and you understand what you're playing it makes it fun to play mm. it makes it enjoyable for the crowd and you also got some knowledge out of it you know which That's is which is too. dope and, and i have a question that leads on to that you know most djs like example you you can you cannot even see Naira. I mean, you just hear the music. Let's say you hear fifteen minutes, you'll probably like this is Naira who's playing. Mm -hmm. So, what are the key steps, or how does a DJ develop their own unique sound? I know you just talked about studying your music and yeah. building your own identity. So, besides that, is there any other ways for DJ to build their own unique sound? For me, I think it took me a while to actually understand that there was something as branding in mm -hmm. DJing. Mm -hmm. It took me a while. I always just want to go and play music and what i learned from that was i was just being me mm -hmm, you know because yeah. I, I at a point i wanted to play edm so bad mm -hmm. and there was nobody going to book me to play edm <laughs> you know i know and, uh, and I, I will download edm and i'm like wait i'm i'm trying to be someone i'm trying to be mm -hmm. someone i'm not mm -hmm. so I, I i i told i told myself I'd rather be me, be authentic, yeah, be original, and and um, I mean, come on, it's it's like this: we don't have a spare life, right? Mm -hmm. Why would you want to be like someone only to die and come back and be yourself? Yeah, there, it doesn't yeah. make sense, yeah. you know. So for me, one of the key things about standing out is always be yourself. Like, bro, I've I've seen so many. I want to do it so I can stand out. Yeah. But how long can you do it just to stand out? Are you living your truth? You know what that's, I mean? That's a very good point. You yeah, know, like so that. for me, city. being yourself will actually open the doors for you. The right people will gravitate towards you. Even if it's only 20 people, you are doing it for the music. Yeah. You're not doing and, it for... And it's a process too. Exactly. Yeah. It, it is. And, and I'm just starting. Yeah. I'm, I'm just started. Uh, yeah. Because for me, from where I'm from... And from my background of knowing that my parents didn't want me to be a DJ or be around music and all that, these are little sauces for me. Mm -hmm. 
to be able to be on stage with DeVito. Mm, yeah. It's a success. Major. Major. <laughs> by the way, by Major the way, thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I just want to say big up to DeVito right now because like, <laughs> look, there was a time I where owe he him was... apology. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you owe him an apology. Because there was a time where DeVito was letting things get to his Just letting people down. I can't, I can't speak to what was going on in his life. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think I heard way, a podcast about... Yeah, yeah. about yeah. 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 the concert. He is disappointed. But the way he has changed, he has changed. his brand yeah. is like something that it's coming out with quality. You know? Yeah, he has Growth. grown. He has grown. That Seattle concert was crazy. It was. You know? And to, to see like... He was talking about the concert in Vancouver where he was bad, right? Yeah, me and the Lapo went. He came in like, you know, at 4 a.m. Yeah. Vancouver, played Vancouver for like is 20, too far. Played yeah. for like 20 minutes, you yeah. know, and then just dipped, you know? And Before was, Seattle, David was in Portland, right? I heard about that Portland Okay, one. and, yeah. and uh, I don't know how these things happen, but he, you know, the guys booked him. They had their own DJs and everything, mm -hmm. and I was just in there. I was just present. Mm -hmm. Actually, they reached out to book me. I gave an offer and they said, oh man, it's too, you know, who are you? Why are you charging this amount of money? And they didn't book me. But then I ended up there mm. anyway. And the DJs on the lineup were all my friends. Mm. But I saw they were having a hard time, not with the music, but with the crowd. The crowd was waiting for DeVito for so long. Impatiently. Mm. And I jumped on the stage with a microphone in my hand. Mm. With some Hennessy in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was magic. And I think that was my first contact with DeVito and the guys he worked with, with Equal mm. and stuff like that. But one thing I learned was when that Portland performance happened, he was just doing it because he was popular at that time. Right. Everybody wanted a piece of DeVito. Right. So and, there was no maturity in the performance. Yeah, exactly. Was, it got to him. Yeah, yeah. It and, got to and, him. And yeah. I think that a, a lot of artists don't realize that while you're monetizing your art, you have to become like a business mind with exactly. it. Exactly. You have to keep it professional. Professional. Very because professional. you cannot be showing up late to performances. And give, excuse me to say, a lot of our African artists don't take you know, Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and it's like these things have like they have long-term effects, you know? They because, do. like, I mean... Tenny, too. You know, that's another yeah. example. Ooh, do we want to talk yeah. about... Tenny too, had, too. you know, Tenny's been... another hey. one. Let us no, for me, I, I think one of the things is... Um, one of the, the unique things I saw about DeVito's performance was when I found out he was rocking with the band, the mm -hmm. composers. Yeah, they're I, dope. I told everybody, hey, dope. Composers, yo, yeah, yeah, people are like, Are you crazy? These guys are based in London. Why are you talking about them? Like, I'm like, Let me tell you, yeah, most of my Afrobeats education or knowledge and everything mm -hmm. has been in the center of London. London is That's way, the epicenter, yeah, it, it is. It's a hotbed, bro. It's it a hotbed, yeah. well, let's say Europe, you know, let's yes. say Europe, yes, yeah. you know. And I, I worked with the composers and uh, techno in Vegas, okay. Um, for the Kenyan rugby sevens, the, sevens, bro. Don't, yeah, don't. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenyan show out for those. <laughs> <laughs> Kenyan show out for those. So, so I knew the composers were good, and they wouldn't want to play with a guy who's not serious. Yeah. yeah. So that was when I knew, oh, this is gonna be good. Yeah. You know. No, yeah. Um, 
I actually didn't end up going to the concert, but my sister was sending me a lot of videos, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like, yeah, yeah, same. This is the polar opposite. And of the what feedback I, you I just heard, people were extremely just, happy after yeah. this concert. I'm like, "Who? Davido? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah." And I mean, you see it through his music too, like his it's latest gross. album. Quality. It's He's releasing him. really good you songs know? these days. You know. So big up to him, man. I like, tell yeah, people, yeah. I tell I, people I'm all sorry. the time, yeah. when, when you hear the African giant has arrived, why would you still want to be played? You know. That's true. Oh, that's true. That's another. <laughs> so you know, hey, I guess yeah, you're right. When Burner Boy was performing, and selling out shows with live yeah. band, yeah. yeah, you don't want to play. It's time to <laughs> hey, it's time to get back to the lab because Burner was like killing it. Oh, you know that 2018 concert at the Crocodile. At the Crocodile, top yeah. three concerts I've ever seen. Oh man. yeah, the guy came through. wasn't a huge crowd, just electric from the start. You know, and that was one thing I learned about it is um, I keep telling people all the time when I went to that Burner Boy concert. I saw only one thing. That guy was not only passionate, he was obsessed. Yeah. He was ready to give it all. And he didn't care if it was a full building or whatever. He was Just performing ready. like it yeah. was an arena. Mm-hmm. So in 2017, mm-hmm. or yeah, it was 2017. Mm-hmm. And I took that idea of, you know what? When I go to the club, and I'm DJing. I do not care whether it's three people. Yeah, mm. I'm playing like it's my last. Yeah, that's what I learned from that concert. Because mm. mm. it was it was mind blowing. It was amazing. You would think, oh man, people should come out for Burner Boy. Yeah, but people did show up. But it wasn't a crazy crowd. But no, and, and he was now. supposed to come back. At a bigger venue oh now. Oh my God, May twenty third. Yeah, oh but Yo, Corona I, I, has missed. I'm, I'm, I'm happy because you know Ramadan. I know. <laughs> well, funny enough, today today should have been a Paturankin concert. Hey, yep, yep, I heard oh about my that. God. Good looks, Corona. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good looks, but for me, it's but, bad looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, sorry. he's trying to grow here. Right? Yeah. I was part of the production look, and everything. And look I'm at like, me ah. being selfish, thinking <laughs> for myself. How dare me? No, but but no. Getting back to that, like. Once you become professional with your art, the sky is the limit. And authenticity always sells because it does. No, I think that's the underlying team. The underlying team yeah. because Burner has been authentic from the jump. You know, his his sound has always been his sound, and he hasn't tried I to be somebody. I have an unpopular opinion though, and mm-hmm. I like to hear both of you guys feedback. <laughs> what do you guys think about Burner Boy's heavy, heavy, heavy sampling and basic use of fellow Kuti songs? Because, you know, some people feel like there's too much. It's almost copyright. I think it's inspiration. Uh, but what do you guys think of, you know, you listen to Fella and you listen to a lot of Burner Boy songs. It's pretty much almost like, you know, yeah, the same yeah. thing. I, so what do you guys think of that? I personally, Good or bad? I personally think it's genius because that's what music is. It's True. one big sample. True. You, know? you think back to like Kanye. Kanye sampled so many people. Well, Kanye that is king of sampling, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And look at what he is. No one will ever come for him for sampling someone else. Well, See, and and Bernard is not only doing sampling. There is a part of sampling, and there is interpolations. And yeah. and what Bernard is doing to me, I think, is unique. I yeah. will not argue with that. Yeah. He's not only doing it to Fela. He's doing it to Angeli um, Kijo and yeah. you know and all the. What's ba- the other guy with the mask who hides his? But then you you should think about it. Just. Let's move away from Afrobeats and not criticize Burner because we are Africans and we can do so, right? Mm. One of the biggest songs that happened during the summer of last year was um, Soweti or Soweti or whatever, you know, what her name is. Um, uh. Uh, my type. Soweti, oh. famous girlfriend. Now, now uh, the original song of that was P.D. Pablo. Yeah. yeah. Come on. People loved it. Right. 
And Tory Lanez also has been doing this whole idea of re-singing we, other right. R&B. People He's been don't doing complain. That a lot with Summer Walker, too. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people don't complain. Right. You know, Jay-Z, Jay-Z sampled a bunch of African songs people do not even know because mm. they are not paying attention to Jay-Z. You know why? The only time we as Africans pay attention to our fellow Africans yeah. is because they're yeah. doing they're something doing in well. our own yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we want to pinpoint and say, ah, my brother, why are you doing it like this? <laughs> but when Beyonce did The Lion King, um, no, the yeah, no one said no, anything. anything. We, were happy. we were happy. We except were like, East oh, Africans. We except East Africans. <laughs> except East Africans. Yeah. So I think I think Burner is doing something. I, unique. I think it's amazing. I don't think. You and know, hopefully yeah. he has a lot of sampling in the vault so that he can. Go I hope with, so. Yeah. It's really saying. nice. Like I, I enjoyed when I listened to Fell. I'm like, oh shit, this is where Burner got this inspiration. But you know, I just. Oh, and, 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 and another thing he's doing is a lot of people who did not know who Fella is. Yeah. Right. The younger cats are also now going back, back to find back it. to celebrate it. Yeah. And he's not hiding that fact either. He has he, a fella has, chain. Exactly. He talks about it he wherever embraced he embraced it and said, like, bro, this is literally. Bro, can you imagine me and you who yeah. are not related to fella, right? Right. Berna has had the opportunity to sit with Femi Kuti, Seung. All of his uh-huh. Uh-huh. All, uh, uh, uh-huh. They haven't they haven't complained. They exactly. me out here on Twitter <laughs> telling him, you know? Yeah. No, bro. but it was crazy because he was literally like responding to this, like people were telling him Twitter, you know. Yeah. He's like, man, this is so backwards. You know, yeah. we need to stop doing this. This is not how we want to bring down our artists, you know. Right, right. That's, or degrade that's it. People, people will do that to you. People, you know. People. So I mean, I I think it's genius. Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, for sure, he's putting him on the map. Uh, you know, I, giving him, I guess. You know, like I said, I didn't know who fell out. Okay, you heard about it. No one really knew. So yeah. now it's like, I mean, he was making six music seventies through. You know, when he passed. Yeah. You know, in like late nineties. So we did not know about Fella, and you know the fact that he's like getting his inspiration and he talks about it. I can go back and now listen to it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I also want to add to this: if anybody has started listening to Fella, don't stop. Don't yes. stop. Go oh. to Ghana. Go to a Bo Taylor. Listen yes. to a Bo Taylor. Ooh, listen to the it's that so Love and Death Star. album. Is, exactly. Oh my God! You know, listen you to. Know I'm working on my project. Yeah. Listen yeah. to Salif Keita. Listen yes. to you other do. people. Yeah. yeah, Amadou and Mariam. Listen Baba to people. Mal. Yeah, there, you there's know. a there's a uh, a radio station in Ghana. It's called Oman FM. Oman FM. Yeah, I, they have like uh, live bands that they put on YouTube. Exactly. I just fling that on and do whatever I'm doing. <laughs> you know, if I be working, I'll be playing Oman Perfect. FM. Perfect. You know, really nice. Cause... You know, uh, for sure. Yeah, people should stop um, using music as just a geographical thing and say. Oh, Nigeria. And then they go to Nigeria and then they know all the music from Nigeria and that's it. Mm. Come on. People were singing Pate after Pate last night. People <laughs> didn't even know who the artist was. Yeah, that no, Pate no. And Uganda Pate. was supposed to get that shine and all that. You know, people yeah. were not really... Nigerians probably tried to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. You know, don't get stuck into yeah. thinking uh, your Davido and Techno is the last stop. Mm-hmm. Research. There are other artists who need that exposure as you're giving to the Nigerian artists as well. Right. Who's your you know? favorite Afrobeats artist right now? Ooh. Ooh. Now I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> now I wasn't ready for that one. Uh-huh. Well, I will I will say the guys I listen to are not really mainstream. And the reason I like their uniqueness is um they are learning to go on a path. That is not really Afrobeats and it's not really um, R&B either. It's not really hip hop. Like um, I love Show Them Camp. Okay. 
But I, I've been listening to them for a very long time, and um, I like um, I like Thames. Thames, she's she's phenomenal. Odunsi, I love Odunsi. You know, it's not really Afrobeats heavy. It's like There's an alter vibe. Exactly. Yeah. But then the reason why I love those is because if we say who's your favorite Afrobeats artist, automatically it will be somewhere around Burner or yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is like, oh, everybody likes them. Exactly. And, and I can't blame people for that, you know, because like for me, my artist of the decade was Burner. I started listening mm-hmm. to him from like back that first album of like Life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, He's always going to be one of my favorites, but in the moment, he might not be. Exactly. Um, it changes, right? Right now, I've been listening to a lot of Santi. You know? Oh, yeah. Santi, so Santi or Dunsi, they're all in the same in category. the same, like, alternative yep. vibes. It's, yep. I don't know how to, it's, it's like, it's, it's <laughs> like as if, if you took, like, a psychedelic. Yep, and then and you go to Wavy, to Wavy the Creator, you go to Daku Vibes, you go to Kwesi Arthur. And World and then. World and, then. and, you know, so many, so many young cats that are, representing y'all and it's so a many. very very refined so how music. you know because you ivan and i am you guys you know are, you know you guys have deep knowledge of the music so for people like us who want to go and discover these other talented artists that are slept on or that you know don't have as much visibility um like what's the easiest way to tap in for me for me this is my this is the way i do i do things right mm. i don't know if you're heavy on soundcloud uh, decently heavy. Okay, so SoundCloud has a way of showing you discoveries. Because mm. if you go on YouTube, a lot of artists are not really getting the views to be able to monetize mm-hmm. what they are doing. Mm-hmm. But some of the breakthrough songs always happen from SoundCloud. SoundCloud yep. And True. some do not even show up on Spotify until mm-hmm. they are really grown in the game. And uh, one of the biggest discoveries that I made was from an artist called uh, Mins. And Mins is from Nigeria. And I was on SoundCloud. I don't know how I stumbled upon it. Mm. But I found out that um, when you want to find music, especially like African artists, mm. these days, Instagram has made it very easy for us. Yep. yep. And okay. you can tap on one artist and mm. it will, the suggestion keeps going. Mm-hmm. Unlike YouTube, if you go on YouTube and you say, okay, let me start from techno, mm-hmm. it's not going to show you the underground. Why? So it'll bring you yeah. like whiskey. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. So if you really, really, really want to discover new artists, it's either, yo, stick to my Instagram stories. Yes. <laughs> no, but that's, that's huge because. Any like, SoundCloud mistakes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, stick, just press, stick around. Because, like, for me, the music I get put on is from other people. Exactly. Of course. 100% that's the number one way, right? Like, yeah. The learning don't stop, bro. The reason I got introduced to the London scene is because I have cousins there. Okay. And, and I, my cousin, Nicole, she's like, yo, listen to so and so. And it just set off like a chain reaction because I discovered this new sound and I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> wait a minute. These are like African and Caribbean yeah. people who speak in a British accent and like yep. live a British Shout lifestyle. Shout out to Jay Huss. Jay Skeppy, <laughs> like all them. And, like, Dave. Yep. And then once you've discovered like the sound, my, like Naram was saying, you want to research your music. You so need I'm like, to. Okay, where did these guys get their, their influence? Then you go back 
oh, okay, um, here's Dizzy Rascal. Here's why. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? You go thank into you, like the thank history Thank you for mentioning it. those names because uh, yeah. I, I'm going to take you on a mind trip up. right now, right? Yeah. Go look for UK Funky, uh-huh. right? And listen to the drums, the drum patterns and all that, right? Yeah. And just go on YouTube and type a popular Ghanaian praise and worship song, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just I'm just being honest with you, right? Yeah. Now, there is this drum pattern that is very unique. Mm. It's like almost when the heart or you hear it, you, you just want to move, okay. right? Ghanaians were listening lot, to a, a lot, lot of, of UK music. UK music. Mm. So I think every Ghanaian is like, automatically they should know unless they don't want to know. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, in America, because the music is not crossing over, there's like a unique percentage of us who gravitate towards UK music and when I hear you play yeah. I'm gonna be like yo that's yeah. my man that feeling is always great like yep like when I was listening to you yesterday yeah. and then I went that, off yesterday. I know <laughs> I know and then he Should dropped be. that NSG I'm like yo wait 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 yeah. he did not go there yeah. that feeling is always great Facts. when you yeah. you know when you find out that there are people who are listening to the OT bobs, the options. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. You oh, know, yeah. you're like, damn. Yes. I thought it was only me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's it's and I think like you were saying, like the beats matter. Exactly. Because once that beat hits you, you're like, oh, I gotta start moving. No, you know, you, let me start you, moving. You need to. The vibes is great and yeah. then you, you will move. <laughs> um Bam, man. I think like researching your music um and listening to people because Bro, don't stop listening to people. Listen. Like, when I tap on, on Instagram stories and someone posts a song, if I like even like it a little bit, I tap on the link and then get it on my spot on my Spotify. Oh, oh and also also upcoming DJs or whatever. Let me give you a key. Listen to the ladies. Yes. Listen to yes. what the ladies See, are playing. This is true. This is true. <laughs> you just heard him. He told her, you know, he just heard Naram's story. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, because like man them like, you know, we we'll hear some dope music, we'll be standing in the corner, like, oh yeah, this is cool. But girls, they go crazy. Bro, one of the best things Instagram has taught me is whenever a girl puts up music on her story, mm. I don't play with that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a pen and a paper. I write that. <laughs> like, and then I'm like, okay, this is what you're listening to. Yeah. I build on that because I don't play music for guys. Mm. I've never wanted to play music for a bunch of guys. That's Shit why. I, I, bro, thank God. I'm glad you don't. Bro, that's why I stay. I'm sorry, but that's why I stay away from a lot of heavy trap music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I no, love I to see women in their, you know. I, yeah, so music, if you really, really want to learn more music, mm. just keep watching what the, the ladies are posting on Instagram too. Oh, yeah. You will learn. You're no, gonna learn. For sure. <laughs> learn for sure. I have learned that because like if the ladies are moving, now the men them are like, oh, oh let me, you know, <laughs> like, no, let me come way. catch a wine or something. Yeah. It's the only way. Even yeah. though you might not get that wine. Yeah. yeah. It's the only way. It's still way. a fun but night. Like, you're stepping up. <laughs> exactly. That's why most of my influence of uh, of DJing has been from female DJs, you mm. know, because I think they have a better ear. The men are always on the technical side. They always want to be like, I'm good at this. But then, who's playing the music for the ladies? So I like to learn from the girls. Yeah, that's that's a good point because my sister is like a musician. Yes. She sings. Shout out to Yvonne. I wish you had seen her 
uh, when you were playing. Yeah. I was on the camera. I'm like, whenever so whatever song you played, I watched her body love. I'm like, oh, this song is hit. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> ah, bro, see? you yeah. get to research. I'm yeah. always learning. I'm yeah. not. I'm not there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm always learning. So, you know? that's, that's You're gonna have to pay to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Too many gems. Yeah. <laughs> you're dropping gems. Yeah, it's, it. it's not about ego. You can't use ego in this game. Trust yeah. me. You can just set up and say, oh, I downloaded the new Ghana. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let everybody listen to it. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You have to finesse people. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> true, 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 true. That's, that's definitely true. Um, and for me, especially, like, mainly women have been the, like, the biggest supporters and, like, Kind of the people that are always like, yo, 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 keep, keep at it, keep at yeah. it. They've you know, always been, this. even me, oh, man. Even me. There was one girl that never, yo, she guys are haters, man. <laughs> yo, yo, niggas is haters. Yo. <laughs> Let me tell you, if I tell you, like wherever this Jenny's taking me to, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. It's women. Yeah, I've I, had I ladies who saw things in me that I never saw. Yeah. I had one girl I that used that. to hear me play at house parties, and she would tell me, yo. Take this talent to Seattle. Mm -hmm. I live in Tacoma. Yeah. And she would say, take this talent to Seattle. I'm like, oh, Medina, come on, no. Yeah. She, she would bug me. She would do anything. And then when I started, when I started, and I got my first gig ever, mm. oh, my God. I had, like, a pen and a paper. I wrote songs where I want to play from, where I want to stop. Mm. And then when that happened, I went back to her, and I'm like, hey, I did it. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay, that's it. You'll keep going. Mm -hmm. So if you're not listening to the girl devs, mm -hmm. man, trust me. No, the men no, are, we are right. always filled with ego. And, yeah, you know. It's, you know, it's like you you never find other guys teaching you the game. Yeah. No. If you do, Unless it's rare. Unless you're real ones. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you do, it's rare. Because, like, example, one of my favorite DJs is, uh, you know, DJ Puffy, right? Yeah. So Barbados. Yeah. Exactly. So Puffy... His he was taught by Scratchmaster. Exactly, and I know Scratch. You, yeah. you, you know, like if you find someone, which I think is really great, what you're doing for a lot of DJs, because I've I've been at Redlands where you will have like a another DJ pop on. You yeah, know, like, yo, give it up for so and so. Yeah, and in, and you've always always been reaching out to me like, yo, when can we get? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like yo, that's true. He's like, come over to Redlands, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. I'm, Something pops up. I think it was Corona really ruined a lot of things. I think now, one of the but... things I've learned from other DJs that taught me and, you know, gave me the opportunity was that I learned to be a servant before, you know, you have to serve a king mm -hmm. in order to actually move into the direction you want to go. Mm -hmm. That's my take. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of serving. I, I, you know, we skipped a bunch of parts in the stories, but... I used to actually set up for DJ, a DJ in Tacoma called Qualify. Okay. And I would set up for him, stay, listen to whatever he played. And 2.30 in the morning, I would be at home mm. practicing all that he played mm. to sound just like him, you know. And I would go back to him and ask questions. And so many times, the missing point was that you need to take your time to get someone to groom you. Mm -hmm. You can do it by yourself, all good, but mm -hmm. then you're going to be missing some part of the game that you it's, think... It's you, not well-rounded. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I honestly think in order to also be a king, you need to serve a king. Yeah. That's yeah. that's basically it. Right. It might take. Facts. Might take. That goes for everything. Yeah. Not yeah. just music. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
Oh yeah, man. Um, pioneer unsung. Yeah, today's unsung pioneer is uh, the great. I guess the the grandfather really of rumba music. African rumba. Um, Franco is his more popular name, but Luambo Macchiati, hailing from Congo, Congo. Um, the DRCs are here. Man, Congo, that's another country, man. Oh, too many super no. too many like they have so much African weddings. Congolese music is music, music, yo. You know, and the way they just wind their waist and like Yeah, they, they, they God God forgot to People get hate music. to hear it, but I mean yeah. good music started from Congo. Yeah, man. Congo <laughs> is I believe really, it. I believe it. <laughs> anyway, long story it. short, uh, Franco is, is our unsung hero. Um the godfather of rumba of music rumba and music. i would say congolese music because when he was playing with like tpok jazz mm-hmm. a lot of like the artists in the orchestra actually branched out to become their own thing independent yeah and independence and they all kind of took on from him as the godfather exactly yeah. um and bro i don't this guy's legend like the amount of people he's put on and the, the, the sound that he's brought to the world is just kind of crazy. Transcendo, right? Yeah, yeah. Transcender. So yeah, yeah. That's our unsung hero. You know, so, yeah, look him up. Franco, you know. Franco Luambo Macchiati. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's the beauty of music. It yeah. just keeps moving. It's yeah. in a wavelength direction. It just keeps moving. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and Naram, so where can people follow you? Where can people tune in onto your music, where your events are, where you're playing, where the mixtapes well, are? Well, right now, Corona. <laughs> corona <laughs> events. Corona is We're like, doing Corona events at the moment. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, SoundCloud and all that. Uh, DJ Naram. I think it's... We'll post it. We'll it for you guys. Yeah, N-A-Y-I... R A M and uh it's it's pretty easy. You can find me. I follow back and uh I be in the DMs replying to whatever you ask me to because mm. I get to know people, you know. That's yeah. that's one of the things I love to do. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy that people can't talk to. Yeah, that's such a it's such a drag when you try to reach out to someone more yeah, yeah, experienced yeah. and exactly. you know, they're yeah. giving you like feeling like they're too know, big or you know big, yeah. big man really, it's, it's really like, yeah, okay, yeah. It's yeah. if you're an upcoming DJ and you still want to learn something I got you yeah <laughs> no. no for real tap into yeah. Nerum yeah um, one thing I wanted to ask though is what are assuming Corona you know mm-hmm. th- this does not give us too many issues. Please, <laughs> um, what what are some goals that you have like yes, for question. your career? Maybe that short term, long term. Good question. Um, like what where do you see yourself in the near future or for? Well, for me, um being in this quarantine and all this isolation has actually given me a new perspectives about the nightlife. Mm-hmm. That's number one and the way I approach music. Mm-hmm. And um Mostly, when I do my live sets on Instagram, one of the things I, I've been doing is to play music that I normally don't get to play in the club mm. to get people to listen to. And the response has always been great. So it has reshaped my mind into curating new sets of parties. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where, after all this, I'm starting a, a new party scene called Global Bounce. Okay. Global Bounce. Which is basically telling people that music... It's a universal language, and um, I want to bring a little bit of that 
old R&B that influenced your favorite Afrobeat artists mm. and uh, you know like Jamaican music uh, it actually influenced a lot of Afrobeat artists oh, oh yes and for stuff sure. like that We're so I wanted to merge the Caribbean sound properly mm. not, not a typical dance hall vibe but you know hidden gems Hybrid. forgetting stuff like that and also um, this is just the beginning for me mm. you know and um, for a lot of people who probably have seen me through social media and thinking, man, this guy is doing great. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just beginning, yeah, right? I'm learning. Getting started. <laughs> I'm, I'm just started. getting started. Yeah. I think I've, I've been through the phase of helping other DJs and giving opportunities to other DJs. I think this is the time I, I really want to focus on me mm-hmm. and um, grow in music. Um, I've been working on music as well. Yeah. Um, doing a little bit of production, which is, you know, not really in deep but yeah i'll be i'll be doing a lot of um ep droppings new singles stuff like that um and then um overall i just want to learn the music aspect so much and grow a business out of it Mm -hmm. and um yeah i just survived i have two kids oh wow so i need to survive (laughs) you know that's a blessing yeah so so yeah so for me um i'm reshaping my thoughts and how i see the nightlife Mm -hmm. and knowing that if this tragedy or this pandemic should ever hit again how are people gonna you know assess music Mm -hmm. what are the things that i can be doing for people to still keep and you know get entertained so i'm I'm understanding and learning on all you know growing from all that stuff and reshaping my goals so those those, yeah your kids like keep coming on your life yeah and messing with yeah 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 Yeah, they do yeah and and the thing is i'm not even teaching them to dj but i think there is one song that i play all the time from lenny kravitz and uh i think it's fly away and they sing Uh, it all the time so you don't nearly have to teach kids music they just pick it up naturally something yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. um how about as far as like uh maybe just the personal brand like Nerum, like where where do you see yourself going as far like i know a lot of djs strive to get on like a boiler room set mm-hmm. oh yes or, oh, oh by the way boiler room tv on youtube you guys want to listen to good music go there i've yes picked up so many gems from boiler room yes um but you know other people have Dreams will be on like Coachella or Summer Jam or something. Yeah, yeah. so for me, Coachella and stuff is not my goal. Yeah. And um, I want to keep curating my own style, my own vibe and being myself and not being pushed into this whole um, umbrella or envelope of you have to play here before Ooh, you can mark it yeah. as if mm-hmm. you've made it. I want to make it in my own, defi- you know, in my own definition. So for me, I'll constantly... What I'm doing now is, like I said in the beginning, I never thought about branding being a thing mm. in DJing. I just wanted to play music and just go with the vibe. And this is funny, but I recently reached out to Barry, mm. and I'm like, hey. Shout out to Barry. Yeah, I'm like, hey, hey, you know what? I'm struggling in this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And one thing she said that stood out was, what do you mean? You're doing great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't see the people, but you are doing great. Yeah. And one of the things that actually let us feel like we are stagnant we become frustrated is the the amount of things we put out mm-hmm. when we don't get that same, same feedback in or in, in return we think we are not doing great mm-hmm. but um for me as a personal brand i really want to keep pushing the envelope and um just keep being myself and mm-hmm. grow from it you know mm-hmm. just everything being organic you know 
and then just go from it. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely for sure. And you know, we I hope you do. Please, you know, because you know I, we're we're big fans here on your side. I appreciate it. And I'm a fan of yours too. DJ <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of yours. I remember oh, one time it, I met him outside of Red Lounge. Yeah. And I'm so bad with compliments. And he was like, yo, you did good, man. Hands and good then we tried to exchange IG. Uh, and I saw Lin Hood Papi. Lin Hood Papi. <laughs> and I'm like, in my head, I was like, man, this guy really think I'm dope? Like, yeah. And I was like, no, man, I can't take this compliment. No, no, no. I'm uh, so yeah. bad with that. The humble so. guy. The very humble guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but please, thank you. Thank you, really. You thank know, you, man. We, we want to see more Nairam. You know, like I said, we're, we're, you just mentioned you're still perfecting your craft. You're Bro, building your own, you know? I'm still learning. So we, we'll be here supporting you all the way. I appreciate you know, that. We're, we're big fans. That. You know, we, we like it when we don't only hear Davido and Whisk it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it too. And, and, and like, I, that's my things. I always tell people, like, you want to listen to a good mix? I will send them one of your mixes. You know, I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, it's so refreshing to go and hear something different. Because another thing, let me just real quick. Let me go touch ahead. on. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Seattle's only lucky. Seattle Seattle's uh, nightlife has a tendency to make things redundant. Exactly. Where you'll have club owners saying, "No, I don't play that." Don't mm-hmm, play that, you mm-hmm. know, especially at some of the big clubs. Yep. And so you 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 go knowing exactly what, what you're going to get. Exactly. Ex- and that's what kills some of the nightlife here, you know. And I, I will pick up from that. Um, one of the things that makes me feel confident in what I'm doing is, um, like I said, I'm always learning, right? Mm-hmm. And when people keep going in a certain direction, I love to go left. Mm-hmm. I'll have four or five DJs on a guest, like mm-hmm. on, a, on a flyer. And I'll hear three people play the same song. Mm-hmm. And I'll be asking myself, what? Mm. There's so much music. Way Why are you more playing than this? Yeah. You've been playing the same songs. So one time, out of I don't know what I was doing. I just stepped on and I started playing I'm a Piano. Mm. Which I'm a Piano is like Deep House, influence with pianos in South Africa. Yeah. You know, long story. But yeah. I was playing that and I... Luckily, I had, like, South Africans in the building. Mm. And they were screaming. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So then I started playing on my piano, which is, like, 2018. Mm. Now it's, like, a new thing. Yeah. Even though Seattle is not really picking on it. It's slowly creeping it's in. It's slowly. And I, I'm taking pride in it because I'm forcing that thing down in people's throat. Like, but yo, man, listen to it. I it's think good with, music. With yeah. that kind of sound, it just... It makes its way naturally exactly. because it's such a good sound and people need to know about it. Exactly, so. exactly. So, yeah, like um, I said, the journey is just this is just the beginning. And right, Seattle club owners, stop hating, bro. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please, you know, <laughs> let let DJs play what they want. Give, you know, give DJs freedom. Please. And I know there are people out there who actually have the. Um, the capacity to run their own nightclubs and stuff. Yes, Come on, open yes. it. We'll, we'll use yes, this. We'll be there. <laughs> yes. Let it be African you know, owned. Uh, Come it on. Nice if Seattle had an African club, you know, yeah. like, uh, like an African owned club, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see people travel to ATL and they go to nightclubs and, and they, they have the crazy. best times of their life, you I'm know? In Houston, you know? Exactly. The, like DC, I'm hearing stories like, yo, this shit was crazy, bro. Like, there was three big rooms and there was hookah here and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, okay. Maybe Seattle needs to tap into that. Yeah, so yeah. People get there. You know, I'm optimistic. It's still Imagine. growing, you know. So hopefully. But these are the pioneers here. DJ yes, Nero. Yes, Big up definitely. yourself. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining in. And we know 
We'll put everything, it. you know, you'll see everything there because people going to be like, where can we follow Naira? Where can we see Naira? So, <laughs> you know, we'll make sure if you're already on wondering, we'll make sure. We'll I appreciate that. Put a, a SoundCloud link to there. SoundCloud, know, uh, Instagram. Instagram. So anyways, you know, and you, you heard him too. You know, if you want to listen to new things or, you know, just, just feel free to message him. He's open, you know, to give him feedback or recommendations. So, you know, take advantage. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, let me give some few shout outs, right? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Shout out DJ Solo, you know, in yeah. Portland. Yeah. And um shout out Redman. Redman, yeah, from Redland? Red Lounge. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. um Maury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DJ Mo, Maury. Yeah, shout outs DJ Mo. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, the name is long, but you know, as a DJ, big up to all those guys. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. up, big up to all of Una. Yes, <laughs> all of Una. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah um, what you got? What you saying? I don't got nothing though. Yeah. It's been great having Niram here, and just you know picking up on on the gems that he has. Perfect. So. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but signing out until next time. Peace, Deuces. love and prosperity. Deuces. <laughs>